0: The Women Like You podcast would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional owners of the land we walk on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. cucumber water. Oh me too. I love yeah. it. I love it when I go to an establishment and they, mm. they serve water and it's got cucumber in it. Yeah. I just think that's so fancy. I like you're very fancy. Very I'm fancy. coming back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Women like you, the podcast for women who hate working out, but know they should. I'm Sarah, and I'm a GP that works in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab, I'm
0: an audio producer and journalist. And today we are talking hydration, baby.
1: Hydration.
0: Hydration. How much water do you actually need to drink? Does your fluid intake have to come from water only? And how does this all relate to exercise? Sarah, I don't know about you, but um, there are like in my bullet journal, I actually have like a habit tracker and I write down all the kind of habits that I want to sort of stick to. And mm. two litres of water a day is one of them. I don't know why. It's just a just a number. It's one of those things we hear and see everywhere. And normally I'm pretty good with it. And I would, I would say most days I get it. Towards the end of last week, I had one of those really busy weeks where I wasn't in my usual routine. And yeah. I reckon did not get anywhere near, like not even like... A cup of water a day yeah. in some of those days, yeah. uh, and it really throws you. You just generally feel like
1: shit. It does. It does. You need some water, baby. <laughs> you definitely. You definitely do. We all do. Look, we we absolutely have to have water to survive. It's a it's a non negotiable.
0: Yeah. So tell me, doctor, why do we need to drink water? Like, what's the actual biological purpose of it?
1: Well, water is required for literally every single system of your body to function properly so, every single one <laughs> every single one it, like there is there is not a a cell in your body that doesn't require water to be able to function appropriately so from a cellular level you know, right through to a tissue level blood vessels brain heart kidneys lungs you name it it all requires water for it to function properly so you know, it's, it's going to help you carry nutrients around your body. It's required to get your red cells moving around your body so that you can carry oxygen to your tissues. It will help to flush bacteria out of your bladder to make sure that you don't get a urinary tract infection. You need it to digest your food. Water is needed to, uh, to produce your digestive enzymes. It's also needed to prevent constipation. And I think anybody that has been dehydrated will probably note that they will find it a little bit more difficult to uh, to get their daily movement happening. (laughs) Different type of movement to different type of activity. (laughs) Different type of movement. Um, You you definitely need it for healthy blood pressure, and uh, and also you know at times if you are dehydrated that can have an impact on on your heart rate and your heart rhythm. You need it to to keep your joints nice and cushiony. Like it's it it's it's there to protect your joints. Fluid will protect your joints, um, and uh, and basically all of your organs, all of the tissue in your body requires it. It's it's look, it'll impact on your ability to regulate your own body temperature, and it's absolutely essential in how we manage and maintain our electrolyte balance. So as I said. Pick a system, any system. You need water to sustain life.
0: Water, baby. Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty obvious what actually happens if you don't drink enough, but what does happen when we don't drink enough water other than, you know, like the usual kind of feelings of fatigue, you know, headachey, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So I think, it's really important that we kind of take a little bit of a step back, go back to first principles and and understand a little bit more about kind of the biology 101 of fluids here. And please forgive me, I'm going to totally oversimplify this. And so if there are any renal physicians or intensive care specialists listening, please don't at me. I am Really trying to oversimplify this just to just for it all to make sense. So here for we go. For people got.
0: like me, is that what you're saying? <laughs>
1: no, no. For people, for people like all of us <laughs> that don't need to be good, save fluid specialists, fluid, spe- um, fluid specialists, fluid yep. specialists. Um, so here we go. So the fluid in our body is contained in kind of two main fluid compartments, and when I say compartments, I mean more conceptual compartments than two you know, distinct anatomical spaces. So, right. we've got our intracellular fluid and our extracellular fluid. So, the intracellular compartment or that intracellular fluid is the fluid that's within our actual cells. And it's like, this represents about two-thirds of the body's water content. Ah, so quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Most of it is within our cells mm-hmm. and is involved in all of those little teeny-tiny cellular processes that keep our bodies alive. <laughs> The extracellular compartment contains, obviously, about a third of our body's water content, and this is the fluid that surrounds our cells, and it also includes things like plasma, so the the fluid that circulates within our blood vessels and carries our blood cells to where they need to go. Mm -hmm. There are very complex and, I would say, rather elegant systems within our bodies that ensure that the right amount of fluid stays in each of these compartments, and this is governed by osmotic pressures and hydrostatic pressures. When water moves from one space into the next, it can occur, and you might remember this from, you know, year 11 biology, mm. something called a semi-permeable membrane. Probably not. So, I mean, probably I probably not. wasn't
0: listening. I was probably trying to melt the pen on the Bunsen burner or something. <laughs> <laughs> Stick my Sorry. fingers in the frogs. Whatever. I don't. Know, whatever. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> No follow-up questions here.
0: Um <laughs> No, it wasn't the frog. It was in the, like, the sheep's heart or something. And I kept sticking my fingers through oh, the valves yeah, and poking the them out mouth. the other Ooh, side. And everyone was
1: like, what are you doing? Oh, Get yeah. back to drama class <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, water can move from one space into the next. So, it can move from that intracellular to extracellular space um, across that, the semipermeable membranes within the body. But There are lots and lots of medical conditions that can cause fluid shifts. And when fluid moves out of the intravascular component of the extracellular compartment, which is a really, really convoluted way of saying your blood vessels, your blood pressure can drop to dangerously low levels. So if you don't have enough fluid within your blood vessels, your blood pressure can drop. And then what happens if your blood pressure drops? you are not getting enough blood to the critical organs of your body. So, you you know, you're not perfusing your brain. You're not perfusing your heart and your kidneys. And you literally cannot live without these, yeah. these little guys working for you. Pretty important. Mm. So, if you either stop drinking water or if you don't drink enough of it, or more commonly, I think, if we are losing excessive amounts of fluid through sweating or excessive urination, which can happen in sort of undiagnosed or undertreated diabetes, or if you've got a gastro bug and you've had prolonged diarrhea or even persistent vomiting, or I guess in early pregnancy, if you are vomiting a lot, Mm -hmm. then you can dramatically reduce the fluid in that extracellular space. And unless that fluid is replaced appropriately, you will become dehydrated. And it's also important to note that that fluid needs to be, when I say appropriately, needs to be replaced with the right type of fluid. And in a lot of cases, that's good old-fashioned water, but in some cases that we'll talk about a little bit later, it, it does need to contain electrolytes because if you are losing salt plus water, then you need to replace salt plus water.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So, um there was something I was going to ask you then. Oh, like, yeah, in terms of like, obviously all these things that you've pinpointed here is, you know, what goes wrong if you don't have enough water? We're not really, like, we're not necessarily talking extreme dehydration, like you're stuck in the desert, or you went for a hike and you got lost and you're surviving out in the wilderness for two days. Like a, some of these things could literally just happen if you're just not focusing on how much water you're having. Right?
1: Look, it's it's interesting because I think that for for most of us, and and I would I would say for the vast majority of our listeners, with perhaps the exception of our beautiful transplant recipient, yeah, uh, we have. As I said, we've got these really elegant processes that will, that will hold things in place until we get hydrated again. Right. So if you, you know, if you're having one of those days where you just, you know, you haven't, you haven't hit your two liters or your eight glasses or whatever random number you've come up with, yeah, then you know your kidneys will start to concentrate your urine so that you are not dehydrating your extracellular space and you're not dehydri- dehydrating your intracellular space. And uh, and so you'll notice that on days that you're not drinking very much, you're also probably not peeing very much. And that's and that's a system that's designed to make sure that there is still enough fluid kept for your cellular processes and your extracellular processes to occur. This is this is very different if we start to think about disease processes. So as soon as your kidneys are not working efficiently, then they don't have the ability to concentrate urine in the same way. And that's why people that have kidney failure are often on very strict fluid uh, fluid restrictions because they don't have that ability to concentrate their, their urine anymore. But for you and I, If we've just been kind of racing about town or we haven't taken our water bottle with us and we've just been kind of distracted and not drinking enough in the short term look we might get a little bit of a headache we might notice that we're not peeing as much it does increase our risk of developing things like kidney stones and even urinary tract infections but it's unlikely to cause us any significant harm in the short term it's what happens in the long term if uh, if we remain persistently dehydrated is that's when we're going to get into trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating. So, and you, you're really right when you say that we have a bunch of rather elegant systems within our bodies. It's quite incredible. And I've, It's I've amazing. It's amazing. You talk about it, like thinking of those, those prolonged periods of those days where like, you know, you just, I would say this is pre-COVID um, for me, working in um, an office environment and quite a high-paced environment and there might be really intense days where, you know, I'm just on my feet all day doing lots of interviews, you know, racing around, a whole bunch of stuff. And I literally, you know, the day will fly by and I may not have had a sip of water all day.
1: I know. And those days you'll get to the end of the day and you're like, did I even pee today? Like, what? (laughs) What? Hang on a second. It was, it was enormous change for me when I went from working in the hospital system to working in general practice, where in general practice, I'm sitting on my ass a lot, Mm. but I'm also sitting at a desk where I can bring my own water bottle. I can have a cup of tea sitting at my desk. There's a kitchen Um, just around the
0: corner. Yeah.
1: Way more hydrated than in the old days when I was, you know, schlepping around a hospital for hours on end when, A, you didn't often have that much time to get a pee break in anyway, Mm -hmm. but you really need that extra, you know, you you need those systems in place to be able to maintain your your fluid intake each
0: day. I mean, you touched on this a little bit, um, but why do we actually, I mean, it's kind of obvious why, why we have to keep our fluids up, but you know when you're sick and somebody always says says to you, oh, you know, keep your mm. fluids up, like make sure you keep drinking your fluids and often like especially if you've got the cold or flu or whatever, yeah. like the last thing you want to do is drink w- water which tastes so bland and oh, gross yeah. and disgusting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like why in particular when we're sick do we have to keep our fluids up, quote unquote?
1: Again, I think this comes down to several reasons. Look, when you are sick, and let's say, and look, I'm I'm on I'm on the back of round two of COVID. So I have <laughs> um I have been keeping my fluids up. So I do apologize for my croaky voice today. Um when you have, you know, the flu, or if you've been unlucky to have copped a dose of COVID, you know, your heart rate is up. You've got a fever. And you're probably sweating a lot more than you would ordinarily, even if it's not hot weather and you're not exercising. You can just be laying on your back in bed and uh, in, an in-, in a drenching sweat. Mm. Your immune system, your metabolic system, everything is in overdrive. And you are chewing through that extracellular fluid way faster than when you are well, when you are hydrated, yep. and when you are at rest. And, uh, and remember, when you lose fluids through sweat secretions vomiting diarrhea you're as i said before you're losing more than just water you are losing electrolytes and electrolytes are absolutely critical for cellular function so you you know pick any any cell in your body there are electrolytes inside and outside of that cell that are traversing the cell membrane to turn receptors on and off and and do the the heavy lifting of of your body. Mm. And when you become sick, A, you know, your immune system's got a heck of a lot of work to do. You want to be able to get those immune fighting cells pumping around your body appropriately. But you are, you're just at much greater risk of becoming dehydrated in the first place because you are sweating, your heart's pumping at a much faster rate, and very likely you know, you're sneezing, you're losing fluid through a runny nose, you're losing fluid through diarrhea, you it's, may not be eating know.
0: as much as well and a lot of the Which we'll get yeah. to a lot of the fluid intake does come through food.
1: Absolutely. I think that's something that we that we often forget about um is that, you know, the food that you eat contributes significantly to your daily fluid intake. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about cups of water, but if you are a you know, if you're an avid fruit and veggie eater particularly, you know, Fruits, things like strawberries and apples, they can contain more than ninety percent water. So, tasty. You know, presumably, tasty presu- water. <laughs> presumably, watermelon contains yeah, quite a bit of water as would well. Think, you would think, yeah. And so, it, so you're absolutely right. When you're sick, when you're crook, you're probably not eating very much, and and you have reduced. You, you're not going to want to drink, so you've already got kind of a reduced natural fluid intake so you have to remind yourself to drink those fluids and uh and i actually think this is the this is the time that we should be you know chugging down a a bottle of gatorade or powerade or whatever your sports drink of choice is
0: Mm.
1: way more valuable to most of us when we have the flu or if we have COVID or if we've got gastro then it's you know then the necessity for me to chug 600 mils of Gatorade after doing 22 minutes of moderate-intensity exercise (laughs) in an air-conditioned environment. Um, And, look, I think that's also why pretty much every culture on the planet has their version of chicken soup. Mm. Um, Whether you're, you know, whether you're taking some chicken noodle soup or your Jewish penicillin or whatever the case may be, chicken soup is fluids, fluids, fluids and lots of good electrolytes. Mm. So it is... I guess it's it was Powerade before Powerade was invented. Yep. And uh and it's yeah, it's probably my electrolyte of choice this week.
0: That makes so much sense that you say like why you should keep your fluids up when you're sick because there's yes, yeah, so many things. Like your your body is basically under attack from yeah. so many different things and, and um and water, particularly water and, and you know certain fluids are going to help you kind of heal and get better. Yeah, you, I just your, would your never body have thought it.
1: F- your body feels like it's running a marathon when you've got a when you are clocking a high fever, um, your heart rate and your fluid needs are probably not dissimilar to you going on a really lengthy bike ride or a really lengthy run. And Mm. you wouldn't do that without thinking about fluids ahead of time.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting that you say this because, I mean, I would hope as a society, we've been trained to think a little bit differently about people being sick in a post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, like, There's all these things happening to you. But I think the reason why I never kind of made the connection of keeping your fluids up when you're sick is because I would always just push through a cold or a flu. I would just keep working. I would just pretend life is normal. Yeah. Um, I would possibly even still exercise. I would – probably not. Probably not. Exercise is probably the thing that I'd let go, let's be honest. (laughs) But (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like we we always just had this approach of like, um, oh, well, you know, off to work we go, and we'll just kind of keep, we'll soldier just kind of keep run, pushing yeah, literally God's soldier on, yes, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, what a I would terrible hope, ad campaign, by the way, right? Just you know, I, I would some hope, shoot
1: a in there and, um, and take that bike to work,
0: and then make the whole office sick. Like mm. I just, yeah, I, I really hope that you know, in a post COVID world, we've kind of learned at least some lessons about the body needing to heal, you know, needing to rest, needing to get better mm. anyway i've gone off track um <laughs> so it's interesting we've we've mentioned a few times here the the old two liters a day slash eight cups a day rule um that's everywhere really when when you mm. you know when you kind of undertake any diet or anything like that often it will say you know accompany this with eight cups a day
1: yeah i and think so i have a little of- a little app on uh, the little app thing Ooh. on my uh on my fancy Garmin watch that i love so much um that i don't use but it I think I'm meant to like tap it eight times a day when I drink my eight glasses of water, but oh, I never do. Excellent. Mm. Um, I'm just colouring a little square in my bullet journal. <laughs>
0: eight old cups school. a day. Um, yeah, so this kind of got me thinking, is the old two litres slash eight cups a day r- rule the same for everyone? And in short, no. So your how much water you should be drinking every day as an individual um, can depend on factors like your diet, so how much you eat, weather. As in, literally, what weather you're currently living through, yes. um, and levels of physical activity as well. So, the Institute of Medicine in the US recommends about eleven cups of fluid per day for women, and about fifteen cups for men. So that's roughly two point seven five liters a day for women, and most of that comes from beverages, but the rest of it actually comes from food, as you mentioned. You know, certain types of foods have quite a high water, I guess, yeah. quota content. Um, there is actually little evidence to support the whole eight glasses of water a day rule. I'm sure it probably came from an advertising campaign once upon a yeah. time. Who sounds knows? Like so it sounds like it doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. And to like it's all on, And now it's just <laughs> and now it's just kind of stuck and, yeah. and we're all stuck on eight, eight glasses of water a day. But I guess, you know, the positive of the eight glasses of water a day rule is that it is one way to actually meet your fluid requirements. And interestingly You know when we when we're looking at hydration we are talking fluid requirements does it just have to be water no you can actually flavor your water with fruits like lemon lime cucumbers or berries tea Mm. and coffee does count towards your daily fluid intake obviously it's recommended that you avoid sugar sweetened beverages Um, sports drinks and vitamin waters because they can be loaded with sugars, as Sarah said before, you probably don't need a 600ml Gatorade after you do a 22-minute moderate walk, um, and at least half of your daily fluid should come from water. Is mm. the recommendation. So obviously, you can add some, you know, herbal tea. You can add some fruit-flavored water, as in literally berries and fruit in mm. in water.
1: Um, I'm a sucker for cucumber water.
0: Oh, me too. I love mm. it. I love it when I go to an establishment and mm. they. They serve water and it's got cucumber in yeah. it. I just think that's so fancy. i like, you're very fancy. <laughs> very I'm fancy. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, at least half your daily fluid should come from water. Um, also, if you only drank water, then you would get all the fluid that you need and the nutrients that you need can come from your diet effectively. So, when mm. we're talking about, you know, sodium, electrolytes, all that kind of stuff, that can come from your diet. If all you drank was water, that's totally fine. Uh, but of course, Sarah, this is an exercise podcast. Well, for women who hate exercise, but <laughs> you know that we need to do it. So, you know, how does this all relate to exercise? Um, well, obviously, as you've pointed out beautifully, fluid is critical for a whole bunch of different reasons, but particularly for maintaining blood volume, for regulating your body temperature, and for muscle contraction. So. Mm. Dehydrated important.
1: muscles do not function as well as a nicely hydrated muscle. Hydrate your so,
0: muscles, baby.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is the podcast for women who hate working out, not those that absolutely adore it. But <laughs> if you do want to, you know, if you're trying to improve your athletic performance, if you're trying to, to make those little gains, if you're, you know, trying to do your 100 meters in less time than you did it last time, then being adequately hydrated will help.
0: Yeah. 100%. Is that when you get like... I wonder if that's when you sometimes get those like weird muscle cramps and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and electrolytes.
0: And electrolytes. Yeah. Um, sweating helps to maintain core temperature during exercise. So obviously you need to sweat and in order to sweat properly you need enough fluid. Um, loss of body fluid from exercise can lead to dehydration. It's one of the ways. The yes. SDA, the Sports Dietitians Australia, group, uh, has some tips that you can aim for in terms of uh, what you should be looking for to make sure that you're adequately hydrated to do exercise. You should aim for pale yellow urine across
1: the day. I tell my patients that you want your urine to look like really, really pale apple juice Ooh. and not cloudy apple juice because that could mean that you've got a urine yeah, infection. Yeah, yeah. Something but wrong. There's something wrong. Nice, clear, pale, pale apple juice or like a pale like a pale jasmine tea it Ooh. should be it should be kind of nice bright pale not dark orange concentrated
0: yes uh
1: it's so funny like
0: La- after last episode listening to adrian talk about feet i've just been like walking around just, like focusing on my feet and how my feet touch the ground um now i'm <laughs> just gonna, gonna be staring looking at your wheel
1: yeah <laughs> <right> is, staring at <laughs> the toilet to see what color my year it is i do have a habit of doing that every time my dog wee's. i'm like have you been drinking enough water woody and i'm oh. like oh that's nice pale wee wee <laughs> anyway a little insight into my life <laughs>
0: Looking at pee. I mean, people pee into cups for you and stuff anyway. They so do. So you're yeah. surrounded by urine a lot. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yes, obviously, other tips, avoid high levels of dehydration. Yes, tick. Don't, don't exercise if you're dehydrated. No, um, but dangerous. Inter- interestingly, more is not better, as in over-hydration, um, there is no performance benefit um, for, and it will actually increase your risk of a bunch of negative side effects. So you don't have to, you know... Go to town and chug, you know, as much water as you possibly can. That's right. The key is just being hydrated. Uh, Mm. And as Sarah said, your pale yellow urine. Um, They also had some information on, this is on the Sports Dietitians Australia site, they had some information on the benefits of sports drinks uh, for things like regulating carbohydrates before training and for replacing some of those nutrients we've been talking about after training. But this is very much tailored towards elite athletes and they say that these types of sports drinks are for people who are doing sessions of 90 minutes or more. Um,
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, no
0: offence to women like you and I um, who struggle to get our 22 in (laughs) on a good day. Uh, I don't think this is us. So, yeah, you don't really need to be chugging um, those like, yeah, sports drinks or, you know, Gatorade, that kind of stuff um, for just your average, (laughs) your average walk.
1: no. They're chopped full of colours and flavors and and sweeteners and nonsense. Oh, they so taste delicious really, though. <laughs> you really don't need them. You know there Do was one, them?
0: <laughs> there was one time um when I was in my early twenties and I was playing like casual uh like a casual netball league um And it was like mixed teams, and it was, you know, like indoors, and it was like great fun. And I, you know, I quite enjoyed it. But um, just because I was so proud of myself for doing exercise, I would then go and like chug, you know, one of those blue Gatorades. Was
1: it blue? Yeah. I was going to say, in my early 20s. Damn, I love those blue. I love yes. those blue Powerades. Now, <laughs> even the thought of drinking one makes me kind of quiver. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so tasty. Yeah. Oh, so I used good. to drink them to rehydrate from playing a decent game of pool. So <laughs> I thought
0: you were going say swimming in the pool. No, you mean actually no, like snooker, no, no. snooker. <laughs> High intensity, baby. High intensity. Yes. Oh, and then yeah, the final point is for most of us, water and a balanced diet will give you everything that you need so yeah unless you are planning on really wrapping things up to 90 minutes of exercise per day you you kind of yep. don't need to worry about all that really specialized um fluid intake just water balanced diet um and obviously your teas your coffees that kind of stuff as well is fine
1: delightful
0: you're delightful
1: well oh, am you to stare at my pee now <laughs> I've been drinking so much water during this episode am busting. I don't oh, want to know what color it is. That's brilliant. I can tell you what color it is. It is pale yellow. Like a very light glass of like a like a like a Riesling. Like a Riesling. Not like an oaky Chardonnay, but just no. like a maybe a, a Pinot Grigio. I'm gonna change my advice that I've I was
0: gonna patients. say say that to your patients. I'd be like, Oh
1: Dr. Coblog so over here. How does your urine look? And if it's and if it's looking if it's looking like a cabernet, then we're in trouble. We're in a lot of trouble. We need to we need to send away for some tests. Oh.
0: You Podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri.
1: Thank you for listening and sharing our little pod. And if you can share this episode on your stories, take a quick screenshot of wherever you are listening to us and pop it up in your stories, that would be amazing and we would be forever grateful.
0: Yes, we would. And you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm
1: Gab. And we're taking a break. I know I yeah. just had a break, but it was... <laughs> We're gonna, actual, we're gonna take an actual, we're take an actual break this time. We're taking yes. an actual break, but we will be back in a couple of weeks' time with uh, with more more juicy, juicy stories and exercise science and shenanigans and stuff. Shenanigans I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll think of something.
0: <laughs> we'll have, we have stories to talk about in two weeks. Absolutely. I will talk to you in a. I mean, I'll talk to you before then, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, in podcast I'll, land, I'll talk, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Obviously. <laughs> Sorry, literally, as soon as we finish recording, I'll talk to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean. See you next week, Gab.
0: <laughs> see you. Yeah, but but yes, in, not but, next week. But, but podcast land, we'll see. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
1: Indeedy. Love you. Love, Love you indeed. to bits. Love your face. Bye. Bye. I need no